people of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but Andy Sell is here. I guess Andy's my co-host. He's my co-host on other podcasts, but I'm very territorial about things. I, I don't want to assume any any co-host responsibilities in this space. I feel like that would be uh, a mistake on my part. So I, I'm fine with not being given that mantle. Yeah, it's a good way to get yourself on a government list. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Co-host in yeah. this podcast. But Andy yeah, is... Plausible deniability is very important to me. Right, right. Yeah. And to the network in general. Andy is my co-host on the Unpops podcast, You Don't Even Like This Band, (laughs) where we talk about bands that you probably don't like. We got a Limp Biscuit season. We got a Corn season. We got an Oasis season. And here's the thing. It's all deadly. They're all so good. Such a fun podcast. So funny. Don't you agree, Andy? I do. They were great. Yeah. They were great. I just try not to dwell on the past too much, you know. I want to look to the future. So I don't really talk about the Limp Bizkit season anymore. I just like I like to tell people that we currently have a Fleetwood Mac season that's uh, about to get real good. Wow, you, you really don't stop thinking about tomorrow, huh? I really just, <laughs> I, I do not stop thinking about tomorrow. It's true, it's true. And if I did stop thinking about tomorrow, it would break the chain. And, uh, you know, I'll, I was told once that I would never do that. Yeah, and so. then that's going to start a whole landslide of events. Oh, gosh, yeah. But, rumors, rumors, rumors say so. Yeah, no, tango in the night, Andy. Tusk. So, yeah, our current <laughs> season's about Fleetwood Mac, and it's a whole lot of fun because, boy, is that band's history crazy. Yeah, yeah, they have a, they have a real uh, mentally ill history. I don't know what. <laughs> a lot of religion involved, a lot of nervous breakdowns. Yeah, more than once they lost a guitar player to psychedelics and religion. So, right there. Yeah. And that's before the people you know join the band. But hey, we're not talking about Fleetwood Mac conspiracy theories. I wonder if there are any, though. Oh, man. There have to be, right? I should have looked into that. (laughs) We are doing another conspiracy news roundup episode. We haven't done one of these in a while. Sometimes I just hit the headlines and see what's happening if you search the word conspiracy in, in RSS Reader. And... This is the stuff it spits back out. I think we have some interesting stories to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. These are, uh, wow. For one thing, we got some updates in the Seth Rich story. Who could have foreseen that? I mean, that's a that's a crime that's never going to be solved, right? Yeah, this is, I feel like... I feel like that's where it's at now. This is, it's just always going to be a mystery and we're never going to, we're never really going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. For people who are unaware, Seth Rich worked for the DNC 
And right around the same time, someone hacked into the DNC's servers and sent all of John Podesta's cheese pizza emails off to WikiLeaks in Russia. Seth Rich also got murdered around that time. Mm -hmm. And so I would argue not unreasonably, people have had some questions about whether the two things might be related because the conspiracy theory around Seth Rich is that he was the one who hacked into those servers and sent that information off to WikiLeaks and that the Democrats killed him either to silence him or out of retaliation. But I I don't know. I I, yeah, I don't think I mean, I think we've figured that we've seen that the the democrats style is taking control of a car's computer and crashing it that's that's what they do when they want to kill someone that has you know information they don't want them to have rest in peace michael hastings oh man yeah yeah that's what they do that's their style this this like make staging a robbery thing that's that's kind of republican so i don't feel like i don't necessarily feel like this is the dnc's work yeah the thing that I I would say, again, rightfully has aroused some suspicions is Julian Assange kind of implied that the two things were related, but he never like straight up said Seth Rich gave us this information. But if you read the Mueller report, which so many elected officials bragged about having done, which congrats, (laughs) like the length of a modest Stephen King book. It does say in the Mueller report that Julian Assange kind of hinted that Seth Rich was the source, but they also say in the Mueller report that those claims were false. You know, we should bury Seth Rich in a pet cemetery and see if he can come back and tell us what happened to him since you bring up Stephen King. I'm just like, that's a modest Stephen King novel, and it just got me thinking. I think this is a good plan. Way to take a stand, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial. So, yeah, apparently it wasn't just conspiracy theorists who thought maybe Seth Rich had been murdered by the DNC. Turns out there was also a cop who was pretty convinced. You say conspiracy theorist and cop like they're two separate things here. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's a good point. And, I mean, I feel like the term conspiracy theorist is one we use a little too loosely. Like, I, I, I could be considered a conspiracy theorist. There's plenty of fucking whoppers that I believe. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, you talk about conspiracy theorists. Like, I think we've talked, we've addressed this before, but it's like, you know, you, you have to then, that's an elastic term. And you have to then include, like, the conspiracies that we know to be true. Because, right, like right. by definition, a conspiracy is just a group of people deciding to do something. And, you know, that's just the definition of it. And there's a lot of that. So, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I would be considered a conspiracy theorist, even though I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. It's like, how many theories do you have to uh, subscribe to before you get the magic name of a of theorist? Right. Like, am right. I just a conspiracy journeyman right now? Yeah. (laughs) The big one for me when I'm faced with someone who's one of those like staunch, oh, I don't believe conspiracy theories in general. Yeah. Well, do you believe we invaded Iraq because they had weapons of mass destruction? 
Or do you think we maybe fibbed about that a little bit because we just wanted to invade Iraq? Because yeah. that's a conspiracy theory, but it's one that I think the entire world has accepted now that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Yeah. And even even going a little bit more esoteric than that, you get into just like the documented history of the Central Intelligence Agency is full of stuff that like if you just said, oh, well, the CIA did this, it sounds kind of wild. But then you're like, no, but it really happened. Yeah. Like the CIA, I mean, the invasion of Panama, you could bring up the invasion of Panama and the stuff around that and how like, yeah, I mean, we we said Noriega had like satanic rights materials and ch- child pornography in his desk or something. And it's like, no, that was planted. And we know it was planted by the people who invaded. And the thing about Seth Rich, I can't really fault people for suspecting that maybe the government would have had him killed because our government, like it's one of those things that you can't think of along party lines. Yeah. Like you just have to think of it as the American government. And I'm sorry, but I do think we have like, I mean, we know we've, the government has killed like activists and things like that. The government kills people. The government kills people. The government disappears people. Like that's just what they, that's, like yeah, exactly. The biggest mistake is to is that we've drawn a party line. We've drawn a we've we've made it a partisan issue as opposed to just like no. And even just the word the government, I think, is maybe too ideological. Like the fact is, yeah. people in power kill or jail or disappear. Otherwise, people who are in a position to threaten their power, and that's just I mean that's a fact. And that's a fact that has been a part of human history since there's been power. Like, it's it's what happens. Like, that's what, a lot of times, that's what just what murder is, even b- between individuals, whether or not there's any infrastructure or, you know, institutions around it. It's just like, I my power over you is, is whatever. Yeah. I'm on a rant now. <laughs> but but so, yeah, no, people in power mm-hmm. kill people that threaten their power. That tends to be the thing, especially when their power is earned through violence. Governments kill people. It happens. So I don't fault people for being up in arms about Seth Rich. I just don't think there's it's like if the government did this, it is damn near the perfect crime (laughs) because there's like almost no witnesses in the one witness that comes up in this story certainly doesn't support the position that this was a government hit. Like it almost sounds yeah. like she did it. She's like, Oh, I saw two black men running away from the scene. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, yeah, she definitely can I gives check you your the... hands for gunshot residue lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She definitely gives the old, uh, exactly what you would expect someone who's murdered someone yeah. to say. Well, yeah. Some... But I think that this Rolling Stone story too, that, that and I read it is that, the, the whole idea around it is that, like, it doesn't really matter necessarily what the truth of the murder is in this case. Right. What matters is that, I mean, it's the man who shot Liberty Valance type thing, the, you know, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Like, it's, and so this conspiracy, all of these conspiracy theories surrounding it, which I don't know how many there are, they all seem to be kind of uh, on the same page, more or less. Yeah, it seems to be just like one or two general underlying conspiracies but the thing about it that i don't think even really comes up in detail in this rolling stone article but also this rolling stone article is an excerpt from a book 
Yeah, it fe- I was gonna say it doesn't. There's not cl- any closure into in it. There's right. not. Like, there's not a a climax in a denouement. It's just like it's kind of like oh, and it's over. You want to hear more? Read the book. Right, and the book, by the way, is called A Death on W Street. It looks like it's gonna be a pretty good book. It's it, about it does Seth look Rich. interesting. Yeah, but the thing that they don't mention about. One of the key figures here, a guy named Matt Couch, who ran a website called America First Media Group, which, cool. Love that name. Yeah, yeah. Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Period. He has since retracted most of his statements about Seth Rich and the murder. Oh, they got to him, man. They got to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what he claims, because there have been two main people pushing these theories about Seth Rich and Matt Couch said he was getting all his information from this other guy. And that Davey other guy Sofa. has <laughs> what Davy Sofa, <laughs> Terrence Loveseat. The other guy <laughs> has also since rescinded his claims because the family took him to court and yeah. they were like, prove any of this at all. Yeah, yeah, it was the the Rich family v. Matthew Ottoman. But what's interesting about it is this particular section of this book that's published in Rolling Stone, it talks about, one, a prosecutor in Washington, D.C., who was intent on solving this crime. Her name was Deborah Sines. And she had it in her silly, naive head that she was going to solve the Seth Rich murder. And she had been pursuing it for about a year. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, this blogger, Matt Couch, publishes the name of the one witness in this case. And Deborah Sines knew that that woman had talked to her neighbor about what she saw but hadn't talked to anyone else aside from law enforcement. So she kind of assumed that that meant there had to be a leak within the police department. Yeah, that checks out. And so they 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 do some internet sleuthing. <laughs> Meanwhile, this Matt Couch guy is posting all of this information about this witness. I do love the part where he claims that this witness used to be CIA, And in Rolling Stone, their response to that is that there is no publicly available evidence to support that assertion. It's like, what would, where would it be? Where's the database of CIA operatives? Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of like that, like, well, we can't prove it, so it's not true. And it's like, okay, but this is an organization with a history of, my favorite part about it is that not only were they like, maybe she's CIA, it's also, now she's a vet tech, but that's also a CIA front, basically. <laughs> like, and tying her to some other murder as a vet tech, like... That's one of the things, I assume a lot of what this guy wrote has been taken down, because it... yeah. I know if I Googled hard enough and like set time aside to try and find it, I could probably find it, but you're not doing that for Seth Rich. Come on. Yeah. 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 At this point, when you Google it, you just get references to this, like to this, you know, incident involving this cop. I want to read the book though, because I want to know, I need to know if there's any more information about this vet tech CIA connection. (laughs) Yeah. I, they said in the article that, Matt Couch implied that her job as a vet tech 
played a role in the death of a local process server? Yeah. What? That sounds like a good movie. And it's like you gotta you gotta link that up. You got yeah. I, I need to be able to click something to read more about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was none. There was none of that. I have ADHD motherfucker, put a link up. <laughs> and so she starts poking around and they finally track down the cop in question who is feeding this information to Matt Couch. Well, they they track him down because on a podcast appearance, the co-host, Matt Couch's co-host, fucks up and calls him by his name. Yeah, calls him Doug. <laughs> and they Doug, all... I mean Blue, sorry, Blue, Blue. And they didn't edit it out. Like, do you not edit your podcast, Matt Couch? Most people don't. That's the whole thing. That's, that is true. That Most is the, people don't. That is, that's, the, that's one of the dividing lines. Yeah, they called him... Doug on the podcast, his pseudonym on the podcast was blue. So this guy, like he was so convinced Seth Rich had been murdered. He starts like posting anonymously on Twitter about it and going on this podcast under the name blue. And yeah, at one point they accidentally call him Doug and they let it slip that he'd been named uh, officer officer of the year of the year. Yeah. And so then you just have to like, like, that's not the same as saying a person used to be CIA. Like, <laughs> no, because that is verifiable. There is can, public information. You can look up what Doug's in the D.C. area won officer of the year. And they tracked it down to a guy named Douglas Berlin, who I want to I want a movie just about this guy. What a yeah. weird story. Yeah. What a great name, too. Honestly, it is. It's a fantastic name. He they say in the article was approaching his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. He's like from that show, The Rookie, basically. Yeah. It's like he's already a TV show. Yeah. He's, that he's in his Mark Wahlberg movie where he joins the Eagles after working at a bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he I didn't even know you could. Become a cop that uh, yeah, late. Yeah, I didn't in either life. At, at that late in life. But he was, yeah, he was a successful Gold's Gym franchise <laughs> owner. Correct. And, and like, I guess owned multiple Gold's Gyms. So he's already like loaded. And then he decides, well, I want to be a cop. So he goes to the academy in his 50s. Yeah, this is his version of buying a plane and learning yeah. how to fly. He's like, well, I'm rich from all those Gold's Gyms. <laughs> What am I going to do in my golden years? Oh, I know. I'll oppress minorities. Yeah. That's but he's what like, I'll do. And he's like, he wins all these like fitness awards and he, he gets officer of the year because he saved a dog from a fire or something, <laughs> which is, that's not like, I mean, I expected that story to end with him shooting the dog because that's what cops do. Of course. Uh, when you want a dog saved from a fire, I would you call an Amazon delivery driver is what you do, you, or an Uber driver. But also, they're the, is that They're what, the folks always saving dogs from fires, apparently. Is that what got him cop of the year? If so, I, I get it. Like, that's yeah. probably the best thing a DC yeah, cop did all year. It's literally probably the only good thing <laughs> this man has ever done in his life. He ran unopposed for that award. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, he saved a dog? Shit. Well, everyone else in our department killed six dogs this year, so. And so, yeah, it's, he always wanted to be a cop, but it just seems like he wanted to be rich first. Like, it was his, like, <laughs> that was his side passion project. Yeah. But like also that the, there's this myth that cops are working class and they're definitely not <laughs> like you can be rich just being a cop. Well, not rich, but, you know, suburbs rich. Being you a can corrupt have like, cop. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, this guy, Douglas Berlin, he was never assigned to the Seth Rich case. He just accessed the case file. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that's very risky for him to do. Don't worry. He did it in a colleague's patrol car while the colleague wasn't there. So total fucking bro, <laughs> this guy. Here's the thing. If you're going to do that, you got to have somebody with you because you need to be able to turn to someone and say, I've hacked into the mainframe. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. the rules. You have to be able to say that to somebody. Yeah. We need to download schematics. Give me a USB drive. <laughs> he just... Hey, can I borrow your car for a minute? I need to do some searching on our cop-only internet. He's the guy who, if you're at work and you leave your computer on, he's the colleague that's going to hop on your computer and like send an email to the entire company to embarrass you instead of yeah. doing the right thing and just control, alt, delete, and lock in your computer for you. <laughs> he's that guy. So he yeah. accessed the Seth Rich case file and then sent it to this fucking blogger. And the guy outed. And I don't get what the point was because that witness, again, in no way, shape, or form corroborates the idea that no. the DNC did this. I mean, I'm, I'm, were the two dudes Look. she saw running from the scene wearing like <laughs> Hillary 2016 sweatshirts <laughs> or something? Were they like, yeah, did they have like the, like the, the credentials? Like no, they were they were literally Barack Obama and Eric Holder. <laughs> I don't get. What this witness does for the idea that Seth Rich was murdered by the DNC. No, it doesn't do anything. I think the thing is, too, though, is that it's like, you know, you get to a point, and this is where I will distance myself from the idea of conspiracy theorists writ large, is that you get to a point sometimes where you're one of those people where it's like you see patterns and everything, uh, you know, what is it, pareidolia or um, apophenia or whatever they call it. Yeah, where where you're so unhinged and you're so consumed by an idea that it's like anything that seems like it's trying to disrupt a, dots being connected automatically you take as proof that, oh, well, these are how the dots connect right. because this thing is trying to stop. Someone in power is trying to stop the dots from being connected. And it's like, I mean, if you, the, the tweets that he was tweeting about, like, oh, the the... I mean, he brings Donna Brazil into it somehow, <laughs> which, okay, I guess. Yeah, there's a but, lot of players involved. Yeah, the the chief of police, the the mayor, the he's just like, it's it's he's adding everybody, you know? And it's like, yeah, I, there's no connection between, like, the, the quote-unquote suppression of evidence in the form of not interviewing a witness or not. Here's the thing. He doesn't even say it's about not interviewing the witness because they do interview the witness. What he says is the fact that nobody was told that there was this witness is proof that there's a conspiracy. Which, and no, that's no, it's where it's No, it's not at all. Like, does, he's a cop. Don't you know? Like, you're friends with detectives. Don't you know that you you keep information from the public all the time in murder investigations. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> if it's your only witness, why would you with the killers still at large? Why would you want to be like, Oh, by the way, this woman right here, here's her name and address and phone number. If anyone needs it, she did well, see the two men who did this and she can identify them. Like yeah. those men are going to find her and kill her. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that Matt Couch's whole reason for doxing her is so transparent that he was just like, oh, she's not returning my phone calls. She's not going to give me my exclusive for my podcast. So I'm going to dox her. 
Right. And it's like, yeah, it's very clear that like you're just mad because nobody's this person isn't taking your podcast seriously or something. And against all which I can relate to. I have had people killed for not listening to Ghoul School. It is true. Oh, I mean, I I mean, I've had people killed. I mean, you have to do it. Like, I don't think we have have people killed money, but I have killed people. Oh, for not gotcha, doing gotcha. I mean, my you can't, podcast. Yeah. No, you're. I get it. You're a DIY. You're a small network. Yeah, Queen so Elizabeth II, for example. You can't, <laughs> you can't outsource things. You shot me down, and I was like, "All right, watch in it, <laughs> mate." <laughs> so yeah, against all odds, the Washington Metro PD actually did something about this. Deborah Sines reported this guy, and at first they were going to do, you know, that that cop thing and just suspend the guy for 30 days, which that'll show him. And then he just gets to come back to work and carry on. But he is so adamant that Seth Rich was murdered. He refused to serve that 30-day suspension and just resigned instead. And here's the thing. Good riddance, fuckface. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm so sad that there's one less Trump supporter on a police force. Yeah. This fucking rich MAGA fuck who decided to become a cop just to fulfill his boyhood fantasies now has to quit because he thinks he should be able to send information about witnesses in ongoing investigations to Matt Couch. <laughs> fuck off, dude. Fuck off. Go enjoy your golds in parachute <laughs> oh hey. he owns a bunch of gold gems yeah. so yeah he's gonna be yeah. fine like, well you know how it is adam sometimes you got a witness's name in your pocket you sit down and hey i lost it in the mat couch or are the police so ethical that once you become a cop you have to divest from all your business interests no so absolutely not his- no i'm sorry i know i know <laughs> The th- honestly, in that in that case, the most surprising thing about this story is that inf- internal affairs actually did something about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's what shocks me is that like they were even going to suspend him at all. Yeah. So good riddance to that bitch. But also, this development in the Seth Rich case broke Deborah Signs. She oh, had yeah. planned to you know stick it out. And solve the Seth Rich case before she retired. But once this happened, she was like, you know what? I did solve that last case. And that's good enough. I'm just going to pass this off to someone else. And God, that's that's the feel-good ending I think <laughs> she deserves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the other thing, too. It's hard for me to be too invested in the story of a prosecutor. Yeah. Like, yeah. just in general. It's like, oh... Cool. Your last case that you solved, that was, I mean, whatever. I don't know the details of it, so I don't want to make any judgments. But, like, you know she's put away a lot of people that do not deserve to be in prison. So, Oh, yeah. Good riddance to her, too, I guess. It's just that in this scenario, she was the one person trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And got overwhelmed by, you know, the system that she also actively participates in. So that story makes for a nice segue into one of the least surprising pieces of information ever shared with the public. Someone got their hands on the membership files of the Oath Keepers and oops, 
Turns out there's a bunch of cops and military types among their ranks. And it's like, yeah, that's specifically who they recruit. Yeah, here's the thing. I saw this and I was like, I've known this since 2008. Why is this news all of a sudden? I like, th- I 12, over, what, 14 fucking years ago, I remember reading stuff about the Oath Keepers. And it was like, yeah, their ranks are mostly cops and current and ex-military. I guess the concern here is that they are active law enforcement in yeah. military and also some elected officials. The Anti-Defamation League looked through this list of more than 38,000 names. They found more than 370 people who are believed to currently work in law enforcement, including as police chiefs and sheriffs. Is that higher or lower than you expected? It's lower. Way it's, lower. It's much lower than I thought. And I think that it's not an accurate number. I think the actual number is higher. The next number, more than 100 people who are currently members of the military. I thought that would be way higher. Yeah, because again, in 2008, I remember an article about them that was very explicitly like a lot of active military people are in the Oath Keepers. And honestly, maybe there were just more of them then. Yeah, I mean, that is the argument you get from a lot of the people who were found to be on this list. What they would say is, well, yeah, I was a member back then, but they got too radical for me. So I left. And it's like, yeah, that's a cool argument. But also, it's not like they weren't radicals then. Yeah, they were never not about fascism. Like the Oath Keepers, when they they were always about, I feel like their whole big thing was, if Obama gets elected, we're going to overthrow the government like that was how they started yeah i was gonna say they they were founded in response to obama being elected yeah it doesn't look good if your (laughs) argument is oh we're just here to defend the constitution it's like from what black presidents yeah right they're like well he's probably going to declare martial law their whole thing was this like idea of like oh, we're just waiting for them to do it first. And then we're ready to do the thing that we're going to do. And you know, it's very clear. It's like the people that are waiting for the zombie apocalypse so that they can do the purge. Like, yeah. they, they're just like they're just looking for any excuse. And that's what makes them dangerous. And it's always been very thinly veiled fascism that they're about. Like a military coup, essentially, is what they want to do. And now I'm curious if, here's what I think. This this 370 number, law, LEOs, they must not be including, like, ICE or INS in that. Like, because I feel like... Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's, like, a different number. Because I feel like that there'd be a lot of those people in this, in this organization. Yeah, but they would still fall under law enforcement, I would think. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Either way, yeah. also another 80 people who are running for or served in public office as of early August are also that's, among the ranks. That's great. That's wonderful. And I can't. Do you think uh, What's-Her-Face from Lauren Boebert is, oh. uh, is an Oath Keeper? She's got to be, right? You think they allow women? Oh, shit. Good point. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they want, you know, she she's like a cook and clean kind of Right? Yeah. She's like a trad. So, yeah, if they don't, don't, that's going to be my social cause of the rest of the year trying to get the oath keepers to accept women. <laughs> yeah. Media onslaught. Get so, woke, oath keepers. And, and yeah, I don't know how reassuring it is that 
the the numbers that they found are small. Like it only takes a few people in the right spot yeah. for that to be a big problem. Yeah, keepers I mean, are a problem. They are a problem, and they've been a problem. It's another one of the. They're another one of those organizations that you look at and you're like, oh. There's a direct parallel between their existence and this, and these people in the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Like it's everything points to Spain, 1936, right now, and the Oath Keepers are a big part of that. Do you think I? Doug Berlin is definitely an Oath Keeper. He's got to be. Oh yeah, there's no way he's not. Right? Yeah. He probably became a cop just so he could become an Oath Keeper. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, he wanted to be an oath keeper, but first he had to be a cop, but first he had to be a rich gold's gym owner. Right, right. Yeah. That's it's the, all it's just the a gold's... play for him to get the gym contract from the oath keepers. It's for the his gold's, gold's gym owner to oath keeper pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, because there's always all those, you know, ads you hear on the right wing podcasts about how you should invest in gold's gyms because <laughs> of how unstable the paper dollar is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah abolish the fed gym <laughs> are they here's my other question though is this the reference to 2014 what happened in 2014 that caused a divide within the oath keeper ranks like what was it about 2014 that like all of these oath keeper people were cool being oath keepers until what halfway through obama's second term and then they were like nah i'm out what i i need to like look it up I need to figure out what it is. Well, we did an episode of Unpops about how 2014 was the worst year in recent history. Mm. It is the year, it's the year Black Lives Matter started, Mm -hmm. which is basically the point where the Oath Keepers get very radical. Gotcha. Because it's also the year Blue Lives Matter started. Uh, So it's the year that divide started forming. And... The Oath Keepers got a lot more radical in response to like the Ferguson protests and things of the like. Not Ferguson activists being, you know, black bagged by the government. Disappeared, yeah. None of that bothered them. Just, you know, that people were mad about being shot. Hmm. Ah, the Oath Keepers. Oh, those knuckleheads. Andy, are you familiar with 2000 Mules? I wasn't, and I'm angry with you for making me familiar with it. This... (laughs) Me and Olivia did an episode about the movie version of 2000 Mules. It is a Dinesh D'Souza documentary. See, here's the thing. I wanted to wait for the 2000 Mules musical adaptation. Not the Broadway musical that's adapted from the book that's adapted from the movie. But the film musical that's going to, sorry, the live television musical that's going to be adapted from the movie musical, adapted from the Broadway musical, adapted from the book, adapted from the movie. Yeah, That's I what was, I was waiting for, for 2000 Mules. But I was just that, holding out for the deluxe box set that would have the movie and the book <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, a hoodie. Or something. I want the Criterion 2000 yeah. Mules uh, limited edition 4K. I was going to do but... an unboxing video for it. <laughs> Be very nice. <laughs> 2000 Mules, it's a Dinesh D'Souza documentary. Let me tell you, for one thing, I have not stopped getting emails from that fucking guy since I had to shell out money to watch this bullshit for oh, work. Jesus. But also, 
it is just such obvious nonsense. Like, oh, the, I'm sorry. Does, is something that Dinesh D'Souza is involved with turn but, out to be nonsense? But like even more so than usual, like right wing <laughs> types usually kind of rally around his stuff. In this one, people are just like, dude. Yeah, that, that's what's interesting is that I feel like people that actually agree with him are trying to like keep this at arm's length. Yeah. And if you watch it, like a lot of the claims are basically well, we accessed all this smartphone location data that shows that there are people who drive past these ballot drop boxes every single day. And it's like, are they maybe on their way to work? Like what? Like what is there are so many reasons a person could drive past the same location multiple times a day. All and they're right, like, don't- all of these people are stuffing ballot boxes. And then they talk about having something like a million hours of video footage and they keep showing the same three videos over and over. It's like, where's the footage? It's great. He gave it to Matt Couch. And yeah, even Bill Barr called the premise of this film indefensible. That's weird. When you get indefensible from that guy, that's, uh, I don't know. I feel like something, I feel like Dinesh D'Souza is drinking blood or something. <laughs> like he's, Dinesh D'Souza actually is like harvesting adrenal glands or some shit because I don't, I can't imagine why Bill Barr of all people would be like, this is indefensible. Cause it seems kind of, I don't know. Like even Fox News isn't really reporting on this. <laughs> On the movie, that is, which Dinesh D'Souza has been very frustrated about. But people, Oh, poor Dinesh. Yeah, I know. What matters for our purposes today, though, is the book, 2,000 Mules, because he has been promising that a book version was coming and that it would provide even more evidence than the movie, which is... A pretty low bar, considering there is no uh, evidence. In I mean, that the books the movie. book's always better than the movie. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, and usually comes out after. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Gremlins two novelization. <laughs> but then, out of nowhere, the publishers of Two Thousand Mules announced that the book was being recalled due to an unspecified publishing error. And oh, yeah. See, the error is we were going to publish it, and we've corrected that error by not <laughs> publishing it. And it seems like you might be right, because with how much, like, they cut it a little too close. This is like the Penny Royalty CD single, which was released a couple days before Kurt Cobain died, but it also had a song on the B-side called I Hate Myself and Want to Die. So Geffen Records yeah. was like, whoa, 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 send, all, send them back, send them back, send them back. <laughs> and they got most of them back. But there were some that still circulated, and you can still buy them to this day for lots yeah. of money. Yeah. NPR, God love them, spent 12 hours in L.A. traffic looking for a copy of 2,000 Mules and fucking found one at a Barnes & Noble in the San Fernando Valley. And here's the thing. They found... That, that's weird. I, f- I would figure it would be in the 909. Yeah. Here's the thing. They found no noticeable errors or publishing mistakes. Like there was no like off-center pictures or pages. Nothing was misnumbered. Like they poured through this book to see if there was any obvious reason it would have been withdrawn. And it seems like what's actually happening is the book... 
goes into a little more detail naming these nonprofit groups that it claims helped swing the election to the point that they're probably going to get sued if this book Mm. actually comes out. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, if they're trying to avoid a libel case. But here's a conspiracy theory. I'm listening. What if the Dinesh D'Souza book, what if he accidentally through his research or through the research of whatever groups he's working with, accidentally uncovered what the Republican Party plans to do to steal the next election, and now they've exposed the game plan accidentally. Mm. And so all of these right-wing groups have received calls from, you know, the MAGA insiders to be like, oh, shit, pull the plug. Like, this is literally what we're doing. This is literally what we're going to do in 2024. (laughs) Uh, We we can't have this. We can't have this out there because, like, we are actually going to have a bunch of cars just driving by these ballot places, just stuffing (laughs) them over and over again. Like, that's literally our plan. Like, We've reserved a bunch of Ubers already, so just we got to close this. No more book. No more book, Dinesh. I mean, that wouldn't shock me, but, the <laughs> o- but also the, the only thing that would lead me to believe otherwise is how hard Republicans are pushing for no ballot drop boxes. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what they, I think you have to hand your ballot directly to the Secretary of State in some of these states now. Oh, yeah, because of all of the stealing of democracy that's happening. Right, right. Because if you make it too easy to vote, Republicans don't win. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it it only makes sense, Adam. You don't want people to vote in an election. Come on, don't be naive. Yeah, the midterms are going to be so fun. Ugh, I just, I want to be put to sleep. Do you think they're going to wait to storm the Capitol in 2024 or just do it in 2022? (sighs) I don't know. I think they'll wait because tw- here's the thing. 2022, it's about the, the continuing of the dry runs. You know, they still need to shut down some more drag brunches and drag uh, story times yeah. at libraries. Like they, you know, they can't go. To, they, they look, they got their eyes were bigger than their tummies on January 6th. And they tried a thing before they were really ready for it. So now they're just going to be, you know, um, shutting down libraries and shit. For the for the foreseeable future, just kind of like grinding it out, you know, just farming that farming those stats, getting their getting their points up and uh, and leveling up before they try the big boss battle of January 6th again. <laughs> In this article, one of the things that has come to pass since we did the 2000 Mules movie episode, it turns out that a lot of the scenes showing Dinesh D'Souza in his home or in his office and there's tons of them. Like, there's one scene that's just explicitly him, like, introducing his wife, and they're all, like, stage sets. They're not (laughs) filmed in his actual home. And when people asked him why, he's like, oh, because movies, man. That's... You know how movies do? That is a Dinesh D'Souza quote. (laughs) You know how movies do. Yeah, weird, huh? I'm going to get a shirt that says, you know how movies do, (laughs) in quotes, with Dinesh D'Souza. I... Uh, oh man, Dinesh D'Souza phone. There's a band name. <laughs> or a smartphone I, company. Hey, Sousa, fucking hey, Jesus Christ, Sousa phone. The Sousa phone. Look, if Mike Lindell had had a Sousa phone, the FBI wouldn't have been able to get into it. <laughs> uh, Foreshadowing I, alert. Yeah, hey, that's coming up. Uh, check off Sousa phone. Uh, check off the Sousa phone. <laughs> That's so crazy to me that he's using sets just for a house. Like, exactly. 
you know how movies do, Dinesh? Be fucking giving these from the bridge of the Enterprise. Like yeah. have a have a starship <laughs> set built or a submarine set or like a castle set. Sit on the Iron Throne, dude. Be like do something inside a ballot box. Oh, holy shit. There you go. There you go. Be cinematic. Look, film is a film is a visual medium, my friend. And you know, yeah, for the book, you want the readers to use their imagination. They can imagine you inside of a ballot box <laughs> or sitting on a throne or something. But like for a movie, you need to give them the picture. So like go big. Why would you stop with just your house? Yeah. Like you're already spending the budget. Do something <laughs> wild with it. I want you riding a dragon, Dinesh. <laughs> so this next story, you can file this one under no fucking way. Andy, I hope you're sitting down. As it turns out, the FBI spent years and years surveilling Aretha Franklin. I mean, she is the queen of Seoul, and Seoul is a hostile nation to uh, the white patriarchy. <laughs> so she is essentially an enemy dignitary. And, you know, it sounds like Andy's joking, but what she was was a prominent black figure during the civil rights era. I don't even so, think you need to see prominent black figure. I think you just need to say she was black and the FBI is the FBI. So, of course, she was being surveilled. Or just involved in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, Gene Seberg. They made Gene Seberg kill herself. So Yeah. They made Bob Dylan. I don't know. What happened to Bob Dylan? Do a Victoria's Secret commercial. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take a few years off. Uh, he didn't they get made to play. Bob Dylan go electric. He didn't get to play Woodstock. I don't know. I don't know what they did to Dylan. But yeah, this, I mean, the name, it seems surprising because, you know, you're tempted to think, well, why would they care about Aretha Franklin? But it's because, like, you always hear people talk about, yeah, I hate the government, but I know I'm too small for the government to come spy on me. No, you're not. You're not. That's, like, that's what Seth Rich thought. Like, if you're involved in any kind of activist group that's got even any kind of following or membership, there's fucking cops there. Like, you yeah. should just operate with the understanding that there are cops around. More or less, if you've been to a protest, someone has a file on you. Yeah. That's, that's just how it is. And that's definitely how it was in the 60s and 70s. Like... There was that story, I should have included it, but the guy from the Monkees, Mickey Dolenz. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is like filing all of these FOIA requests because he's finding out that the FBI was surveilling the Monkees yeah. in the 60s and 70s. And he's like, I want to see those files. Yeah. And he should be able to see those files. We should all be able to see them. So, yeah, if they're following that guy over civil rights stuff, actually with him, I think it was more anti-war to be fair, Stuff. people did say he monkeyed around. <laughs> so the FBI had to open a file. He, you know, they're not going to believe, they're going to take it from the monkey's mouth that they're too busy singing right. to bring anybody down. And he was a flight risk because of the last train to Clarksville. Like, that's yeah. the last one. How is the FBI going to get down there to catch him if he gets on that yeah. train? We all know that daydream believers are dangerous to the state. Exactly. So, like, it might seem surprising that they would follow Aretha Franklin, but it's not. Like, she she was huge. She was deeply involved in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Like, she at one point offered to 
pay Angela Davis's bail at one point when she was arrested for who knows what, uh, probably something she should not have been arrested for. And yeah, it's just one of those stories that if you heard it without proof, there's still no reason not to believe it. Yeah. yeah now we just have good. now we just have proof. Was, I was going to say, like, I don't know if I, I travel in circles of people that would be shocked to hear this. but <laughs> Yeah, there is a 270-page document that was <sighs> released that goes into all kinds of details about it, which that sounds shocking, but having poured through a bunch of those documents, I guarantee you there are pages that are in there seven and eight times. There's going to be stuff that's just like a photocopy of a receipt. Mm -hmm. Or you see a lot of photocopies of newspaper articles because they didn't, like if some local Joe in Nebraska wrote something of interest about Aretha Franklin's movements, some informant out there in the world would fucking clip it and send it off to the FBI field office. But it's not like that anymore. Everyone's cool now. Oh, yeah. Totally. Everybody's great now. The FBI's are good guys now. Didn't you hear? They're on our side. Yeah, that's like, God I mean, damn it, Trump. Like, I hate that I have to even for a second kind of defend the FBI. Yeah. When it yeah. comes to like the Trump stuff and like all of these Republicans now being like, abolish the FBI. And it's like, yeah, facts, but I don't want to replace them with what you want to replace them with. Yeah. Like, I think we could just abolish the FBI. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's we absolutely need to get rid of them. But, like, we do need them to do this thing first. Uh, we have too many intelligence agencies. We don't necessarily need to abolish the FBI, but we need to, we really need to cut and consolidate and uh, yeah. get a little, little more focused. I mean, Trump wants to just make them into the like, actually make them female body inspectors. I think that's his whole thing is like he's taking the T-shirt and he wants to make it literal. Yeah. And the, it's probably a gender policing thing, to be quite honest. Either that or the Oath Keepers will be our new FBI. Yeah. Well, yeah. The F. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Speaking of the FBI. <laughs> Speaking of the FBI, this next story. Nothing surprising about this first part. The FBI seized... The phone of Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. You know, who was it they got in Santa Fe? They they seized the phone. I can't remember who it was, but there, somebody in Santa Fe, one of Trump's guys in Santa Fe. The FBI seized his phone, and it was out. It was outside of a Santa Fe restaurant, and a bunch of people I know from Santa Fe were like doing all this like Twitter poli- like investigating to figure out what restaurant he was at when they got oh, yeah. him. Uh, yeah. Did they ever figure it out? Yeah, they did. They did. I can't remember which one it was now, but it wasn't one of my favorite restaurants. So <laughs> Santa Fe's got a lot of really good restaurants. So it's it's not surprising that they would seize his phone. I'm surprised. Like, I assume he gets a phone seized every... I'm surprised that he had a phone. I don't know what kind of secrets you can keep on the jitterbug this guy is probably carrying <laughs> around. But it's related to the investigation into a Colorado County clerk named Tina Peters who is currently facing a state indictment over efforts to obtain data from voting machines produced by Dominion Voting Systems. He is named as a co-conspirator on that indictment, so it's not nothing. There's probably something there, but Mm -hmm. that's not the important part. Of course that guy's going to go to prison eventually for something. Yeah, the fact that he's not... I'm honestly shocked Mike Lindell is still alive, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, He's already been in prison, and you know what Republicans say. A tiger doesn't change its stripes. 
Like Mike. that dude is a character from a, one of the grim <laughs> Coen brothers movies. He is. But there is this one delightfully wacky detail. The FBI seized his phone in a Hardee's drive through Andy, this happened in Minnesota. Oh. Let's talk about the Carl's Jr. Hardee's dynamic for people who are unaware. Well, should we talk about how even though they are essentially the same company... Hardy's is better than Carl's Jr. I don't know why you would say that. I don't either, but I will say this. Every Carl's Jr. I've ever eaten at has felt like like multiplicity Hardy's. Like, like it's just not as good as the Hardy's I remember. And I think that's because all the Carl's Jr.'s I've eaten at have been like Western states or the West Coast, while the Hardy's I've eaten at have been in the Midwest. And there's just something about fast food in the Midwest. We just get it. You know, we just know what to do with it. yeah. Yeah, I could see that maybe being a being the case because their menus are very similar and the food is very similar. I'm a I'm a fan of either one. Yeah. I am of the opinion that Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. makes the best breakfast biscuit sandwich. Hands down. I mean, that's not even a question. There, that's empirical truth. Yeah, like the best br- fast food breakfast biscuit is Hardee's, and there's there's no there's no contest. It's like crispy on the outside mm-hmm. but like just on that outer shell yeah and then it's, and then just, it's super fluffy oh so yeah. good and yeah they have they have made a big deal of this hardy's has because mike lindell was seized in one of their <laughs> or his phone was seized in their drive-thru and they tweeted a thing about how now that everyone knows who they are maybe they should come check out their pillowy biscuits <laughs> To which someone replied, maybe you should stop donating 97% of your campaign contributions to Republicans. Oh, well, that would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, right? Wouldn't it? But then you'd have to ask all the fast food places to stop doing that, and that's not going to happen. No, of course not. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's nothing I'm going to stop eating at Carl's Jr. over. For one thing, it just named Hardee's. It didn't even name Carl's Jr. in that graphic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had a big problem with the Carl's Jr. ad campaign for a long time but yeah hardy's is great look i will say this can't sleep on the wendy's breakfast sandwiches wendy's new breakfast stuff is really good that's yeah it's it's a new entrant like it's the yeah. patrick mahomes of the discussion we yeah, need to- exactly and like him it comes in hot like it yeah. came in and was immediately pretty dominant so and we need to get but we need to give it a few years to make sure you know, that, there's no well, we don't, injuries yeah. or anything. We don't know that it's got staying power. We don't know that we're in a dynasty with a legacy yet. Right. You know, but those breakfast like, potatoes at Wendy's ooh, second hands, to none. Yeah. Hands down. Best breakfast potato side in the game. The cra- like, those, those are one of the best potato sides in fast food. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing. They're like they're like a, they're like Arby's curly fries level. And here's the thing. They're commercials. Very entertaining. I would go see the cast of the current Wendy's commercials. Like I would yeah. go, I would go watch them on like a stand-up tour. They just did a Reggie Bush commercial. Yeah, that was great. I, I was like a little bit like, wow, I good on him for for agreeing to do this and make a joke out of this thing. Like, yeah, the one about him getting something yeah, him that was taken his, from his, him back. Yeah, and it's Heisman the pretzel pub yeah. cheeseburger. Good stuff. So Trump was not happy about Mike Lindell's phone being seized. Well, yeah, because it wasn't a D'Souza phone. (laughs) He took the truth social to truth the following statement. That's what they call it. Breaking news. Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, was just raided by the FBI 
We are now officially living in a weaponized police state, rigged elections and all. Our country is a laughing stock all over the world. The majesty of the United States is gone. Can't let this happen. Take back America. Shut up. Yeah, now. We are now living in a, in a weaponized police state. Yeah, now. This is the when the MyPillow guy gets held up at a fucking Hardee's drive-thru, we're in a police state. Not the yeah. police state that you were proud to support for four fucking years, buddy. Yeah, I wonder how he would feel about Alex Villanueva. Have you heard about this? Oh, my God. That shit. Like, that is... Alex Villanueva, for people who are unaware, one is the L.A. County Sheriff. He is a villain of movie proportions. Dude, he is. He's a Breaking Bad villain. He's his, a fucking, like, he's a monster. In his most recent thing, he is having the homes of, like, city council people who speak out against him raided by the yeah. L.A. Sheriff's Department. Like, just yeah. in broad daylight on video. Just mask off SS shit, like yeah. full on Gestapo. It's like, insane. It, yeah, it's almost yeah, like he's it's chilling, auditioning, or when that role <laughs> yeah. inevitably becomes available in the American government. Yeah, he's gonna put it on his resume when he runs for fucking I don't know, Grand Wizard of the Oath Keepers or whatever. Yeah. And then someone's gonna run against him and call him a liberal because he's from California. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it'll be amazing to watch. Yeah, that's the thing about it is like this like. The most chilling, dystopian, like, fucking fascist thing happening that I've seen in the last several weeks happened in Los Angeles. Like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blue California. Liberal California, everybody. Just fucking woke Los Angeles. <laughs> it's so, Nothing to see here. So cute. So cute. So... Mike Lindell said that when the FBI surrounded him, they took his phone and questioned him for about 15 minutes. Here's my question. Do you think they, they were, blocked the drive through that whole time? You know they did. Uh, do you think Hardee's gave out any free biscuits, sandwiches, or biscuits and gravy as a result? Like, Yeah, like how did the rest of the people get their food? Did they have to go in? Did they the probably FBI did like the in and out thing too? where they just put somebody outside with a headset. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, they held. Uh, did you think they questioned Mike Lindell over the drive-through speaker? <laughs> like, did they interrogate him that way? That would be great. Yeah, that's who was holding the clipboard and the headset when Mike Lindell pulled up. They had the FBI <laughs> store. Didn't even know that person was FBI until it all went yeah. down. <laughs> Been working there for three weeks. I when I lived in uh, Iowa when I was a kid. Hardy's did this thing, and I keep asking people about this, and no one ever knows what I'm fucking talking about when I bring this up. But I did live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which was a test market for a lot of things. But we had Hardy's had these pizza pocket things for a little bit that were essentially hot hot pockets, like pizza filling hot pockets, and they were so good. And then they were gone, and I never heard of them again. And everyone I've talked to, no one is no one knows what I'm talking about. So I just want someone listening to this to tell me I'm not crazy and they know what I'm talking about when Hardy's had pizza pockets in like the late 80s, early 90s sometime. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I grew up in a test market also, Peoria, Illinois. Oh, yeah. But I don't think if if those did make it my way, I feel like it's something me and my family would have seen on a commercial and went, no, Hardy's isn't oh making my God. us pizza. I, it's all I wanted 
for the t- entire time they had them. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, Hardy's I I actually very sorely miss Hardy's fried chicken. Hardy's mm. fried chicken ruled. Yes. It yes. was so good. It was really good. Yeah. And, and I lived across the street from one. And if you went over there right as they were closing, they would just sell you whatever chicken they had left for like $5. God damn. It was great. You know, we need that back. So that's our episode. Andy, thank you so much for sitting in. I appreciate it. Thanks for ruining my day. Oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ah. I'm going to go to Hardee's now. I'm going to go drive to the St. Paul Hardee's because (laughs) that's the closest one. What if Mike Lindell's phone is still there? (laughs) Y'all got Mike Lindell's phone still? (laughs) Can I get a Mike Lindell's phone combo? (laughs) They should start selling that. And a pizza pocket (laughs) and some fried chicken. And uh, uh, and a California raisins glass, please. Oh man, they used to have those the California raisins Happy Meals too. I still have a bunch of those figures somewhere. Yeah, yeah. man, Hardee's was so good in the eighties. Them and Satanism, those were the two <laughs> good things in the eighties. That was it too. Just those yeah. two things. Well, and the Cold War ruled, obviously. I mean, it had its it had its perks. Yeah. Star you Wars know, was great. I mean, Star the, Wars is great. The I mean, the missile defense system never happened. Yeah, I'm not so much the, the movies. movies. I'm just a fan of I'm just a fan of Reagan's uh, space defense policies. <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Besides, you don't even like this band, the Fleetwood Mac season, which will be out soon for the public. But right now, you can you can check out. I think they're still at Unpop's music. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll yeah, find plug, it. I'll plug that. What else you got to plug? Uh, gosh, Look Good for the Boys is returning October 1st with our fourth season where we will be doing a Hot or Not Alive uh, look at the Halloween series and in anticipation of the Halloween ends, which that's going to be bad. But Sure is. Um, Ghoul School, I've got uh, three episodes in the works at the moment that will be released at some point. I'm assuming between nice. now and October <laughs> sometime. And that's it for me right now. As far as stuff to plug, I hope you're doing well, uh, listener and having a good day. I'm, I'm doing great. I have to piss like a racehorse. Oh, well you should do that. Uh, so yeah, you know, there'll be, listen to going back a lost rewatch podcast with me and Olivia Hydar. You can hear that. Uh, currently on the Patreon and Supercast and uh, Spotify bonus channels, but it'll be out publicly soon, too, so listen to it when it is. And I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Andy, say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.